Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to the first day of November. It is Tuesday. Hope that uh, your week is going well as we start off uh, the second month of this quarter. We'll see how things worked out yesterday, what might be on the uh, horizon for today, and more when Dave joins us here in just a few seconds. Before we do that, though, let's not forget that uh, in this world we live in, folks, there's a lot of things that you and I cannot control out there, but you can control how much risk you have in your current portfolio, but you have to know how much risk you have in order to know whether you need more or you need less. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. Hey, with that, we've got Dave up next. that since I'm due at the Florida Hospital Tournament on Friday. I'm going to see if I can't get a ball off the tee box without anybody laughing at me. You know, it's 8.39 here, 21 before 9. Time to check in on your money and see what's going on on Wall Street. Actually, on balance across a couple, three days, it looks like we got a pretty good market for the moment. See if we can figure out what's causing this whole thing. A little help from Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services, who is on the line. Philip, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave. Hey, I'm doing well today. I hope you are as well. And welcome to the first day of November. Um, so the question is, what's going to happen uh, this month uh, after being, what, the, the best uh, month since 1976 for the, uh, for the Dow? And that was kind of my first question to you when we first started chatting off the air this morning. We were down 129 points in the Dow on Friday, uh, yesterday. Standard & Poor's was off by 29, and the NASDAQ was off by 114. Yesterday morning, you'd said that we were cruising toward the best Dow Jones Industrial Average growth since 1976 for October. And uh, sounds like we might have actually made it even with a little off day yesterday, huh? Yeah, it did. Uh, I can't really tell what numbers, but it looks to me like um, we started October somewhere around maybe 29, somewhere between 29,500 and 29,750. Um, and we ended up at what, 32,732. So a, a nice jump for, for the Dow for sure. Oh, that really is. Yeah, as I said yesterday morning, I mean, it'd be a lot better if we were starting from a high point and had a month like that. We started out absolutely in the crapper, but still growth is growth, and we're happy with that. Uh, one of the reports that I've seen this morning that I was playing with earlier is uh, just kind of a reminder of something you and I preach all the time, that the uh, the stock market is always a leading indicator, and the bottom of the market generally precedes the bottom of a recession by a few months. And if we really have reached the bottom, well, get ready for a dive, people, because there's a recession on the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. So if this is... Uh... If we if we bottomed out and coming off the bottom now, then then we do have some time to go. And and let's face it, that's what a lot of the you know the the tip sheet people are really writing about now is that uh, you know we've got more to come in 2023. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm still not 100 percent convinced because of just the politics on the Federal Reserve uh, that we're not going to bump interest rates far enough to uh, test those low, those lows one more time before the bear market is really over. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, let's face it. They're not done raising interest. We know this week we're getting one. The question to me is December. You know, how how aggressive do they get at that meeting? And if they go three-quarters of a percent there, um, you know, that's um, that's troubling. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to scare. As, as as I've been saying for eons, the Federal Reserve has never been particularly good, and I'll cut them slack from this because this economy is so big and so diverse. But the bottom line is the track record, the output. Our Federal Reserve has never been real good at doing the right amount of adjustment at the right timing to be able to correct an economic trend one way or the other. And uh, my fear still remains the notion that if we do like uh, three. Three percent worth of bumps in the interest rate inside of six months. We're going to overdo it and flush ourselves into another 1980s recession. And that would be one of the things that I would be pleased as punch to say in six months from now, Philip, I was wrong. I hope to heck I am. Uh, yeah, it would be nice to be wrong on that front uh, because um, that would be a painful uh, recession. But what we're starting to see, and I think today might be an indicator. Uh, Dave, as we look at some of the numbers that are going to come out, but, you know, because today the job openings number comes out and, mm -hmm. uh, and they're expecting it to fall by about 300,000 from what it was um, the prior month. So I'm, I'm kind of interested at 10 o'clock to see what that number comes out at. Um, if we, if we stay in that high 9 million or do we come down even lower? I think we come down even lower. Uh, the Fed might like that. It would be interesting to be a fly on the wall at the open market committee meeting that starts today uh, when that data comes out, assuming they probably already have it. But it'd be interesting to see what they'd like to see happen to the job market before they let us off the hook of the interest rate increases. Exactly. And then you take on top of that <laughs> construction spending today. Um, you know, we, we have some numbers today that definitely could move the market. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And they all come out after our chat this morning. So we're going to be talking about them tomorrow morning with the other stuff that comes out. But one of the questions goes through the mind is we've had this great big run up in the blue chips over the last month. And uh, this all makes sense to me, but you found something that actually might explain it. And it relates back to, of all things, China, huh? It does, because we're seeing, um, you know, after yesterday's red ink, we're seeing some pretty nice bounces this morning. Um, into the green significantly, and so I started looking. and And one of our uh, one of the articles I saw was is that they are contributing this uh, optimism, if you will, in the markets to uh, speculation that China is getting ready to ease their COVID zero policy, meaning that they won't be shutting the world down or their world down every time there's a big outbreak with COVID. They will start to adopt maybe not our policies here in the United States, but, but something in between zero and what the United States is doing. And that, that made intuitive sense to me. I mean, last week, President Z got his, uh, number one, all of his allies on the Politburo with him, and number two, got a secure five-year term. He's now firmly in charge as a dictator there, and what he says goes. Well, until that point happened, he was only partially sure that he was going to be able to hang on. And the black mark in uh, Z's reign as the premier in China has been the fact that the economy has not been what it was under his predecessor. 
predecessor. They've had some growth rates that have been slower than expected. A portion of it was attributed to the fact that, well, you know, they get one case of COVID and they shut down Shanghai. Uh, so now all of a sudden he can turn his attention to we'll take a little bit more risk with the people's health and start fixing the economy. That actually makes some intuitive sense to me. Well, it is. I, mean, I was reading an article over the weekend. He closed down um, uh, Disney uh, China over there. Uh, I was having some fun with that. Yeah, they locked yeah. an entire crowd into Disney Shanghai and said you can't leave until you get a negative COVID test. Yeah, so have fun I mean, with Mickey kids. Yeah, my yeah, my wife and I were having that discussion. She says, "Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. When you live over there, you live by their rules, and and that's." Uh, that that's not fun. So maybe that stuff will go away at least be re- relaxed a little bit because that will definitely help their economy. And let's face it, we have a world economy. Their economy drastically affects our economy, especially when it comes to production. So uh, maybe they'll get back to work and start running those factories a little better. It'd be nice. I mean, hey, they, they basically manufacture a high percentage of the junk we buy around here, and shipping delays from China were one of the things that caused us some of our problems with our supply chain issues that caused a portion of our inflation. So, yeah, having China functioning at peak efficiency could only help us, so that's good for our market as well. Even though they may be a rival, they're a supplier as well, and we kind of like seeing them working properly. Definitely. And so, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's the optimistic thing that the, the market's looking at right now. And if it comes to fruition, that will be even better news uh, for the markets. Might actually help keep us out of a deep recession, which could be good news. Earnings season continues. Whole bunch of household names before we went on the air. You said, do I want to talk about travel or drugs? Well, I'm of that age where drugs sound good. And a lot of big pharmas were uh, reporting. How do we do with Eli Lilly this quarter anyway? So Eli Lilly, um, they beat on both their top and bottom lines. Um, And so they also um, cut their full year forecast, however. Um, Mm. So, you know, you can do well for the last quarter, but if you're not doing well for me the next quarter, then that's a problem. And so uh, we're seeing Eli Lilly um, down this morning uh, about 2.8% before the market opens up today. Wow, and I picked them because they're the one of the companies that's not as sensitive to the COVID vaccine flow that seems to be losing some of its enthusiasm. What does that say about Pfizer then? Well, they're not, but let's look at Eli Lilly. So one of the things, one of their big things, they, they really have two, right? Cancer drug and insulin. Those are kind of their mm-hmm. two main functions. Well, their cancer drug, they're getting more and more competition, meaning they're having to lower the price. And mm-hmm. insulin... You know, the government, I think, is really putting pressure on those companies to lower insulin prices as well. So that's, I think, what's really affecting them. Um, That's right. Lily made a lot of the insulin that Gladys was on when she was taking it. I forgot that. And we just clamped down on the price of insulin. Yeah. So that's that's what's really kind of impacting them. On the other hand, we got Pfizer. Uh, They also did better than expected for this last quarter. Uh, they did uh, give a indication of stronger financial outlook for this year. Um, mm. They still have strong demand for their older uh, drugs. And so that was good. Um, so that's one of those things that uh, you always like to see. They're trading up uh, almost 3.9% this morning. <laughs> Even though we're not in lockdown, they can still sell Viagra, right? <laughs> I guess so. You know, it's uh, <laughs> one of those things. 
Um, hang on the travel front though. Let's talk about two travel companies. Uh, Uber may be more than just a travel company, but, but we think of them as uh, transportation to and from when people are traveling. Uh, at least that's when I use them more, more than ever is to get from the airport to the hotel. So, um, but, but Uber came out and they reported a better than expected a quarterly revenue number. Gross booking surged from a year ago, which indicates mm. people are traveling more, getting out and about. Um, now, they did report a quarterly loss, um, but that was, again, due to not necessarily operations, but other equity investments they have. So they, they have to pretty much mark their, what we call mark to market. So at the end of the quarter, they have to go adjust their portfolio and take an unrealized loss off their books um, for a, a company they call um, Diddy Global. And so they're, that, that's taking a bath. And so they had to take an unrealized loss on that. And so that's really the only thing that caused them into the loss category. They probably will be a big winner today, Dave. Uh, they're up 12.8% right now. Holy crud. Did they happen to say they're pouring a lot of ad dollars into their Uber Eats the meal delivery service? Did they mention which element of their business was growing the best? I'm curious because they were just blowing a lot of money advertising Uber Eats. They they have not. I mean, at least not in the little tidbit that, that I read. I haven't gotten into the nitty-gritty yet on them. So, okay. Um, on the other front, we have um, Avis Budget Rent-A-Car. Um, they came out and they uh, had better than expected earnings, um, you know, strong, again, strong travel. Um, and you see it when you go try to book an airline, man, the prices are just crazy right now, um, even when it comes to airlines. So we've got budget up 3.2% this morning. Cool. Nothing like getting $500 for a one-week car rental like I had oh. a couple of weeks ago up in Wisconsin. It's painful. It's painful when you have to travel and you need a rental car. I mean, it, it just really is. All right. So I got two more for you. Um, more in the, um, uh, this is a fine tech company. SoFi Technologies reported. Um, they uh, had a smaller than expected quarterly loss. Revenue better than expected. Um, they also lifted their outlook for a better, uh, a better year. Um, they've added 424,000 new members during this last quarter to their platform. Um, good, good for them. Um, they're up. Actually, they're they're doing better than Uber this morning. They're up 16 and a half percent this morning. Cool. And then the last one I have for you is Goodyear. Um, I hate to you know in the in in this in this part on a on a down note, but Goodyear uh, missed their earnings for the third quarter. Um, they were impacted by higher costs, the stronger dollar, which seems to be a theme here as we look at third quarter results. Um, and now they've been able to raise prices, but you can only raise prices so much, folks, uh, before it really starts to impact your sales volume. We've got Goodyear down eight and a quarter percent this morning. Yeah, Goodyear's on the premium end of the retail market, too, so you can't raise your prices too much when you're already one of the more expensive brands. So they've got they got a top end facing them in the in the middle. Yeah. A modest uh, d- modest down day yesterday on Wall Street. Philip, forty five minutes before we open, what do we look like this morning? I see a lot of green ink, Dave, and uh, we weren't expecting it to be honest with you. Uh, we've got the the um, Dow up three quarters of a percent. The S and P five hundred is up one point one. The Nasdaq one hundred is up one point 
1.38, almost 1.4. And the Russell 2000 is up eight tenths of a percent. So, man, a lot of green ink. Even when I flip to the other side of the coin, looking at commodities, I don't know if I've seen this big of a jump in silver in forever. Silver's up 4.3%. $19.94 an ounce right now. Uh, it gets to the point where I can sell Grandma's silver service eventually. Exactly, man. Make a little bit of money there finally. Uh, gold's up almost 1%. And then the one we don't want to go up is uh, jumping pretty high today too, up 2.5%. Right now it's trading at $88.70 a barrel. That doesn't sound too different from yesterday. There must have been a big intraday swing yesterday in crude oil, huh? Uh, yesterday morning, we actually started at 86. Did we? Okay. Yeah, 88 yeah. were sticking in my mind, but my memory is foggy. I'll admit it. I'm getting old. Overseas <laughs> markets, everything was up in uh, the Asian rim, especially Hong Kong. They went up by 5%, and I don't know why, except possibly on rumors that China is opening up. European markets are also responding to ours. They're up over a full percent midway through their day. Straightening out my retirement fund and figuring out whether or not I can hang on to these gains we've seen over the last month, that's a challenge. How do I find you to get that plan in place? Dave, you know, these are the reasons that we created the core retirement design. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your phone consultation to walk through our core retirement design. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. I suspect we're probably going to end up missing the Saturday midday run on Saturday. I just checked my Gator schedule. It's a noon game on Saturday. Gotcha. So you got to get up early. Yep. Get up early. Six o'clock. He'll be here, folks. And of course, we'll be back here tomorrow morning. Same time on Light FM. Philip, thank you. And we'll catch you then. All right. All right, man. Have a great day. Thank you, sir. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a great day. Hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Until then, long.